Hello, everybody, and welcome to another bite-sized episode of the Backlog Breakdown featuring me, Wes, the henchin' dad himself, as I am commonly known around these parts. And I am here, not really at the behest of Nate or Josh. I'm kind of just recording this and just going to send it to them in secret with, you know, no, like, big fanfare or anything, because I just wanted to take a second and go through a few games that I've played throughout the past several weeks and give my impressions on them. This isn't really a review, although I'm going to call it a review. I'm going to call this episode Dread Megami Diamond, a trio of reviews. Yeah, and that's my my cool little naming scheme right there. But yes, I'm Wes. I'm the Henshin Dad. And as some of you may or may not know, if you're in the Discord or not, I, I don't really know where you're at. Maybe you're in Antarctica for all I know. But if you know me, you know that I, I am sometimes I have to be alone for a few weeks out of the year while my family goes and visits their extended family. And because I am a school teacher and I have to, you know, actually be around because it's really, really hard to make subplants. I usually hang out at home, and during those few weeks that I'm by myself, I try to record a few things, but I also try to get a lot of gaming in that I can't necessarily get otherwise because, honestly, with three young kids around the house now, you know, my gaming's a little bit limited to when they're asleep or, you know, when I wake up really early in the morning, and you know, I always have to be a little wary about what their little eyes can see, so I try to make sure that I play games that... I wouldn't normally play when they're gone. So that's how this is going to work. Now, two of these three games, obviously, are a little bit, you know, intense for them, except for my son, who was watching me play uh, Metroid Dread, which is interesting. But <laughs> apparently I, I just need to get good, according to him. But that being said, I'm going to go ahead and just move on into this. This this episode's going to cover, like I said, not really reviews, but my main impressions of these games that I've beaten within the last couple weeks and just kind of give you a, a little bit of feel of what I think of them. Maybe you have similar tastes to mine. Maybe you don't, but maybe you'll hopefully find this interesting. And that sounded very, very passive. I, I don't really understand what I'm going to go with this, but <laughs> let's go ahead and start. So the first game I'm going to be talking about is Metroid Dread. Now, this, this might be a surprise to some people, maybe not, but I'm really not a big Metroid fan. I've, I've only completed a few games in the series, and that was really, I mean, I, I know at least for the Game Boy Advance games, I had to cheat most of the way through with the, my Game Shark, and you know, you know how that goes. You just cheat, and it's like, oh, I won, but is this a hollow victory? I don't know. Did I really beat the game, or did the game beat me? It drove me to cheating, so apparently it beat me. But Metroid Dread... Like I said, I'm not a big Metroid fan. I get really, really lost super easily in a lot of these Metroidvania games. This is one of the reasons why Hollow Knight just scares me so much, because I cannot actually get through that game. And I know it's it's heavily praised around these parts, but you know, I like to be a bit of a contrarian here and just say, like, I don't know if I can do that. Mostly it's because I'm terrible, but I really can't do that. But Metroid Dread just really like spoke to me in, in a very good way. And a lot of it had to do with uh, my brother actually being in town, and he's just constantly like egging me on. Hey, let's play Metroid. Let's play Metroid. Let's play Metroid. And I'm like, all right, all right. When are you going to take a turn? And he's like, oh, no, I'm not taking the turn. You're playing the whole game. I just want to watch. And I'm just like, okay, this doesn't seem very fair, but that's how it is. So I, I played Metroid. I mean, I, I got it for, well, not for free, but I, I used a lot of store credit and trade-in values to get it when I got the uh, Switch OLED, the new upgraded fancy Switch, and basically for free. And so I got that, and I, I really wanted a good game to test out that new screen and ooh, boy it looks amazing but getting a little ahead of myself so metroid dread it was a super fun game I, I really enjoyed a lot of my time with it especially with the fact that i really 
I mean, obviously, I don't have any like ability to resort to cheating like I did when I was, you know, a young, dumb teenager. So it's like I really had to learn how to play this game like on its own terms. And it took a, it took a long time. Like, I know that my final game time was like, I don't know, six or seven or eight hours of like being in the game. But obviously, it doesn't record all those deaths that you had <laughs> before that. So like all that time I spent easily like took 12 to 15 hours of just constantly grinding at a lot of these bosses and just really putting a lot of effort into it. And I I feel like I'm a lot better (laughs) of a gamer now that I've actually played and beaten this game because I really had to learn. And, you know, a lot of those platforming skills that I had, like, they were really, really helpful in getting through this game because it was it was hard, especially in the early parts where you have like zero upgrades and everything. And you're like on the bare minimum, which is, you know, classic Metroid design. And man, a lot of the times it was just really slow. And for me, I just don't really like taking games slowly. I like burning through them because I tend to forget a lot of things. And, you know, that's my little secret there. (laughs) It's just like, I forget if I'm in a JRPG and I'm not trying to bust through like the main story and everything, I'm going to forget everything I (laughs) learned previous. So that's why I just really just had to knuckle down and get through this game within the course of a couple days. And I really think that, you know, (laughs) it it did make me a better gamer. And my platforming skills, you know, are are obviously, sorry, a little bit of a slip up there. Obviously, from my years playing like Mega Man, Mega Man X, Mega Man Zero, Mega Man ZX, all those games, like that's where I, I you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm actually pretty decent at those games. And I, and I feel like I've done pretty good at like keeping those skills up year after year as I constantly go back and restart things and just see like how fast can I get through such and such a game and everything. And Mega Man games are really great for that. And I think that really helped a lot, especially by the end when you have like, your little zoomy zoom boots and you can like jump high and everything. And, you know, that's not really a spoiler because, you know, you get all those things in like every Metroid game ever. But it was it was really fun. And honestly, like the storytelling was really great because it really did feel like a claustrophobic environment that you're in. And it's like you're trying to break out of this planet that you're kind of marooned on and everything, you know, super light spoilers for like really early in the game. But I think the best thing that they did in this game, which, you know, continually haunts me is the use of the Emmys. Now, if you don't know, these Emmys are like robots that appear throughout the different areas. And that's not really much of a spoiler to say, because that's like the first 10 minutes of the game that you get to see them, but they are hard to beat. They are really, really tricky. And you have to use a lot of trickery in order to get past them. And I can't even count how many times I died. And I don't think the game counted either because I didn't necessarily see a counter, but I died a lot to these guys. And I watched a lot of videos just to see like, what are the best strategies? I feel like that's, you know, fair game because whatever it'd be like if I was watching somebody else play the game as it is. So, but it was really scary, like facing these things down. like, and you know, my son, he was also pretty scared when I first started the game with him. And that's why I had to put it down for a bit because he's like, Oh, those robots are scary. And I'm like, yeah, they are scary. So yeah, Metroid Dread, it was just, it was really interesting revisiting the series after a couple years, after I've been a couple years removed from the previous game that beat, which was Metroid two on the game boy. And I finally beat that. And, that was whew, that was an adventure in and of itself, and it, it was a very worthwhile experience. So that probably helped prepare me for that too. But mm, Metroid Dread, if you are a fan of any kind of Metroidvania type game, or you just want a nice, like, tough game to beat, like not impossible, but tough, it was a tough game. Then I would definitely suggest Metroid Dread because it's it's great. Are you going to be able to find it for under sixty dollars anytime soon? I doubt it. I, I'm sure it sold well, and I'm sure it sold well digitally as well, but. I don't know. You may want to get that physical copy while you're able to, because who knows? Like, I 
pretty sure that Samus Returns for the 3DS is pretty rare at this point. And I just, I don't know how Metroid games sell anymore, but hopefully this will allow there to be more games coming out. And I know Metroid Prime 4 is, you know, on docket to come out someday. (laughs) But that being said, Metroid Dread definitely gets a thumbs up for me. It might be like the most technically impressive game that I played this year. Probably like my game of the year in terms of like, what is a really, really good game. But I'll talk about that a little bit later. So the the second game that I worked on this year, worked on these last couple weeks, I should say, is Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Now, if you don't know what I've been doing for the last like several months is I've really been trying to grind away at a lot of the Pokemon games that I hadn't beat before, which would have included uh, Pokemon Blue, Silver. No, not Silver. Sorry. Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Crystal, uh, Sapphire. Uh, which one is the other one? Di- uh, Platinum. Platinum, which I haven't gotten to that. I need to get to that one pretty soon. What else is there? Uh, Pokemon Black, Pokemon Black 2. Uh, man, I'm like <laughs> not remembering my Pokemon games right now. Pokemon Y, uh, Alpha Sapphire. I... Oh, yeah, Sun. Sun 2, or Ultra Sun, I should say, not Sun 2, because you know they had to go for a terrible like naming scheme for that. And I guess eventually Shield I'm going to have to do as well, but... I digress. That's beyond what I really feel like doing right now. So all of those different Pokemon games, I'm trying to go through the ones that I haven't beaten yet. And I've, I've gone through like, what was that? Four, four of them. I think I beat blue crystal black. Actually, that's probably about it. And well, and I also got all the Pokedexes filled on sword. So that, that counts too, but I've been trying to go through those. And so obviously a fourth gen game was definitely something I needed to do. And I decided to go for diamond for this one because I had originally played Diamond in Japanese right when it first came out. Like I, that was actually like one of the first games I imported from Japan. So like I knew that it was capable of being run on the American 3DS or sorry, DS that I had. So I did that and I played through probably about 66 hours of that game, I think, maybe 70 and got all the glitches because it was like the first run copy of the game. So you could get the glitches that allowed you to walk through walls into like the dark void, which I guess is kind of repeated in this game, which is super funny. And I was able to get Shaman. I was able to get Darkrai. And it was just super fun to do that sort of thing. And that was a great adventure. So going with Diamond again, I figured like, oh, hey, this is very familiar territory to me. I've played this in Japanese. I played this in English. I haven't played Platinum yet. So, you know, I know that that's obviously the superior version. But I really think that this remake is something that's special to me. I actually enjoyed a little bit of the fact that it was kind of limited due to being a direct remake and, you know, kind of having like low thrills <laughs> involved with it. Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like that was refreshing. Just being able to get, this is a Pokemon game. It is kind of set apart from the modern Pokemon system that we have. You couldn't do anything with Pokemon bank. You couldn't like link it or transfer Pokemon from previous generations. It was like, boom, this is it. And because it was a remake of diamond and Pearl, it only had 151 Pokemon that you can get, you know, throughout the course of the main game, other than the underground Pokemon, but I didn't really play with the underground very much. But it was refreshing, just kind of like this game has to be taken on its own terms because it doesn't have, I mean, the GTS is basically broken as it is, but there was no GTS access as far as I could tell. I like, I really didn't even try. I just like, all right, I'm just going to do my best and play with this game on its own terms. And it was just kind of fun like that. It was like a locked wall and that was fine. And it was relatively easy because, you know, Pokemon games aren't really supposed to be hard until you got to the Elite Four, in which case they bumped that like competitive nature up like a million fold. And I was able to get through it on my first try, but it was really, really difficult. And it really kind of brought me back to the old competitive Pokemon days that I would, you know, engage in from time to time. 
And while that was fun, I, I finished the game and I put it down. And I'm like, yeah, I, I think I've got my money's worth of this game. And that's pretty much it. I think I beat it within like 17, 18 hours. And that was through a couple, good couple of days of grinding. And the story is kind of the story. Like they want to go to outer space or rule outer, outer space. And Cyrus is just kind of a, a weird villain as it is. And I know his story got like expanded upon and platinum and apparently it like actually makes sense but you know i'm not really <laughs> going to even try to go back to platinum right now i think i'm gonna wait a little bit because i'm a little bit burnt out on pokemon but i did pretty i did pretty well with it i think i had a pretty solid team by the end and obviously turtwig is like the best starter i don't even want to hear about this chimchar nonsense or this piplup nonsense it's turtwig all the way and that's pretty much that i mean there's pokemon diamond if you are a younger fan like if you have children like this is a perfect game for them it's Got everything contained in it in a very limited way, separate from like the 900 other Pokemon that you would be able to get from the other games. And it's not terribly complicated. It's got the overworld style that looks like Link's Awakening remake. And I love that style. Visually, this game was very, very beautiful to me. And I, I don't fault that at all. I know that they, it was basically ripped apart by a lot of critics and everything. And now that you, <laughs> with the glitches that they are in this game, they've basically got it down to like a sub 20 minute speed run which is fascinating to me, like completely fascinating. Nothing I'm ever going to accomplish, but it was a fascinating thing to watch. So the last game that I want to talk about is probably like my favorite of the bunch, even though it's not necessarily like the best of the bunch, would be Shin Megami Tensei Five. Now, keep in mind, I'm not really like, I am a fan of these games. The SMT series is definitely hard. And I kind of prefer like the Persona series just for being a little bit easier at times because, you know, I'm not a hardcore gamer. I, I don't want to get good. I want to just like bust through my games and be done with them. So this game, though, it just really sunk its hooks into me. Like I've done three runs of the game so far. I've seen all four endings just with, through a little bit of a trickery on my last run where I was able to like save before you have to choose your final alignment and then go back and do some extra quests and everything. So I didn't have to do an extra like run through to get that secret ending. Obviously, I'm not like 100% of the game. I'm very close with the compendium at like 82%, but there's tons of quests I missed out on because I just kind of like ran through the game really fast because I'm like, mm, yeah, I can't really play this around, kids. So I'm going to go through it right now. But honestly, like the thing that the things, honestly, plural, that really stick out to me with Shin Megami Tensei Five, which I'm just going to call SMT5, is that the the environments are just excellent. Like this really gave me a lot of the same feelings that Breath of the Wild did when that first came out. Not that it's necessarily an open world game, but it feels very expansive. Like it feels like a really well-designed world and you can go to a ton of different places, obviously not everywhere, not, you know, to the vast horizon, but it feels pretty close at times. Like it really gives you this good illusion of freedom, if nothing else. And I think that there were just like, these little corridors like here and there that hid these treasures that you just would not necessarily have found unless you had actually like looked, you really have to go and search like every nook and cranny if you want to progress in the game. And they do a really good job of leading you to where you need to go. That's why I was able to do three runs within like what, 35, 40 hours or so. But that was me just mainlining it. Like there were a bunch of times where you'd go off and you wanted to like destroy some of these abscesses because you wanted to be able to learn more skills at the world of shadows, or you just wanted to explore for the sake of exploring, or you wanted to get more maca. So you had to go and get these different little key items that you can sell at the shop. 
And it was just really fun. And sometimes you would find these little quests that you wouldn't have expected. And sometimes you have to engage these quests at a specific time in the game, whether it's a full moon or a new moon or anything like that. And the fact that they really like this is pretty much like what the older SMT games did. And the, even the Megami Tensei games as well, like the original ones like Kyoku on the Super Nintendo where they gave you this, this big environment and you're just kind of supposed to figure out how to survive in it. And that's kind of how this game works out as well. So like it, it was just a really interesting concept and just to be able to see like this completely broken down Tokyo and being able to learn all these this different like lore that honestly you wouldn't necessarily know unless you really search for it. I mean, I guess Dark Souls is like that. I don't know. I don't really play Dark Souls because it's hard and I don't play hard games. So. But it, it was just a really cool environment, and, you know, going with the story and everything, like even though that I, I felt that the character moments could have been done a little bit better and that we could have gotten them more like, I don't know, a little bit more fleshed out. I, I feel like the story more than makes up for that. It's kind of like that. That's pretty much what Shin Megami Tensei is, though. Like it's a very like overall grand story driven game and you have some good, cool character moments, but your main character, you know, he's basically supposed to just be like this, you know, personalityless nobody that you imprint on and you are the person like driving his responses and everything. So like it's it's in a sense, it's role playing because you were role playing it how you would go ahead and interact with these characters. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I would have liked more character moments, but on the whole, the story made up for that a lot. Like and keep in mind, this is definitely not like uh, a game for kids. Obviously, <laughs> you don't want any kids around when you're actually playing this because it's it gets into some like heavy themes, pretty dark themes, honestly. It definitely earned its mature rating. I'm pretty sure it's mature rating. I don't know. I didn't see any F-bombs drop, but, you know, I could have been wrong. But I'm pretty sure it's an M-rated game for good reason. <laughs> but it, it, was, it just really struck me as just a really fun experience. Lots of good exploration. Lots of good story moments. And, you know, story moments that weren't so great as well. I mean, I feel like they could have done a lot more with the story in some ways. And could have explained some things about the lore in like different ways that were actually more understandable. But on the whole, like it was just really great. Like the music was also really great. And I'm really glad that I got the really, really special edition with the soundtrack and everything. And that really cool bag. Cause really the bag was all I wanted. It's, it's a cool bag and it's got Jack Frost on it. And how can you go wrong with Jack Frost? The music was great. Not terribly memorable for me. I feel like I remember more tracks from SMT four than I do from SMT five. But that's okay because, you know, it, it was still a really good soundtrack as it was. I, it's just hard to say, like, if there's one thing I could really complain about, it's the fact that there's really, like, a lack of, like, dungeons or even, like, dungeon variety. There's lots of different areas and nooks and crannies that you can go, as I said, but nothing like a, except, like, one or two pretty well-designed dungeons. And even then, like, I say well-designed, there were, like, areas in these dungeons that I thought, could have been worked better like i'm totally on the side like that wind puzzle that you do in one of the dungeons later on it's like that's total nonsense like it was ridiculous especially since like while the platforming is good in this game and it's like a platforming role-playing type game it definitely got me a little bit frustrated at times and i was just like are you serious i feel like i'm just wasting time here and there were some areas where it was like not even necessarily clear what you were supposed to do or how you were even able to proceed unless you really took your time to explore the map which is a good or bad thing. I don't know. It just depends on who you are and how much you really want to engage with the game. And if you want to try to, you know, speed run through it, I guess you'd have to play it several times to get through these different areas and really memorize them. But I guess that's true for any RPGs. 
But on the whole, like I really enjoyed it. It's obviously my favorite SMT game of you know all that I've played, which is you know SMT four and uh, Kiyaku Megami Tensei one, and you know all of the Persona adjacent games to it. And the one thing that I really came out of this thinking is that I can't believe they were able to get like so much crammed into this game, and it really like makes me think there's no way that they can just leave these assets like unused at this point. They have to be planning some kind of like update. Like I, I don't expect an SMT six like anytime soon, but there's got to be something coming down the road, like a like an apocalypse version of SMT four, which is like the uses the same assets, but gives you a different story and everything. And I really hope they do something like this with SMT five. Like I, I'd be taking several, <laughs> several of these sequels if need be like maybe like a uh, final fantasy 13 situation, but done a little bit better, obviously. But I really hope that they do something like, I don't even necessarily want DLC. I just want like a brand new game. Cause I'll spend the full price on it just for the fact that this is such a fun experience. And I feel like they could just mix up the world a little bit or, you know, use all the assets they have and just change it up because like that was the big thing. You know, they have all these assets that are just going to be sitting around now. So you may as well just like throw in a new game entirely. Like I know Breath of the Wild is trying to go beyond that with Breath of the Wild too, as far as what I could saw, what I could see from the trailer. But I really want this to go that route, and I really want to see another game just like this released within a couple of years. And I hope that's what they're working on right now because that would be amazing. So that's my thought. So Metroid Dread. Probably the most technically impressive game that I've played this year. Like, it was just really fun and engaging, even though it was really hard. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, good for, like, newcomers to the franchise. And, you know, those of you who are nostalgic for Generation 4, or maybe you just want a simple Pokemon game to play. Like, I, obviously, that's a great thing to do as well. And then Shin Megami Tensei Five, one my, probably my favorite game this year, even if it's not necessarily the best game that I've played this year. Obviously, that goes to Kingdom Hearts 3. Am I joking? I don't know. You'll have to, you know, ask me my thoughts on that. But... That's it for me, basically. Dread Megami Diamond, a trio reviews. This bite size is done. Let me know what you thought. You can find me at Henshin Dad on Twitter. And, you know, you're probably in the Discord, so you can ask me questions there, too. Please go ahead and message me if you have anything you want to ask me about these games or any other games I played this year. If you want me to come up with a list of the best games that I played this year, Kingdom Hearts 3 is obviously on the top. But, you know, anything else, let me know. And if you just want any suggestions on Pokemon or you know, tokusatsu, because I also have a tokusatsu podcast, kind of, sort of, maybe, that, you know, I update every several months or so. But I've made it to episode 100, and I'm hoping to get episode 101 out soon, because obviously that's the correct amount of Dalmatians that there are. But I'm just rambling now. This is the Henshin Dad. I am signing off. And how does that saying go? Uh, keep breaking down your backlogs, and we'll, no, beating down your backlogs. Break down the benefits? Maybe. I don't know. Break your backlogs. Beat down the benefits. Have a good day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. 
Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.